Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Tesla's fourth quarter 2022 Q&A webcast. My name is Martin Vieca, VP of Investor Relations, and I'm joined today by Elon Musk, Zachary Kirkhorn, and a number of other executives. Our Q4 results were announced at about 3 p.m. Central Time in the update deck we published at the same link as this webcast. During this call, we will discuss our business outlook and make forward-looking statements. These comments are based on our predictions and expectations as of today. Actual events or results could differ materially due to a number of risks and uncertainties including those mentioned in our most recent filings with the SEC. Welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie and I am your host. I don't know why I got the Southern twang in there. That's my bad. Um, uh, my voice sounds a little different today because uh, I, I got over the flu. And thank you, everybody who uh, sent their well wishes on that. Uh, now I have a chest cold and body aches. So that's fun. And we have a new patron. I want to welcome Don to the Patreon. Don, thank you so much for supporting the show. It really means a lot to me. If you need help setting up your Patreon RSS feed, uh, just let me know. My email is Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. And thanks again, Don. I really do appreciate it. On this week's episode, we are going to talk about Tesla's Q4 2022 earnings call. I have pulled all of the clips and we're just going to dive right into Elon's opening remarks. So uh, 22, just going through a 2022 uh, recap. Um, it was a fantastic year for Tesla. Um, it was our best year ever. It was their best year ever, except for the stock price going down significantly. Um, on every level, uh, team did an amazing job. Uh, it's an honor, of course, to work with such such a, an incredibly talented group of people. Um, so in 2022, we delivered over 1.3 million cars um, and achieved a 17% operating margin the highest among uh, any volume car maker. I think may- maybe among any car maker. Um, we, while doing so, we generated $12.5 billion in net income and $7.5 billion in free cash flow. Uh, importantly, the Tesla team achieved these records while 20, despite the fact that 2022 was an incredibly challenging year due to forced shutdowns, um, very high interest rates, and many delivery challenges. 
So it's you know it's worth noting that you know all these records were in the face of massive difficulties. Um, a credit to the a credit to the team for achieving that. Um, the most common question we've been getting from investors is about demand. Uh, thus far, <clears throat> so 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 I want to put that uh, concern to rest. Uh, thus far in January, we've we've seen the strongest orders year to date than than ever in our history. Um, we, we currently are seeing orders at well, almost twice the rate of production. So I mean that that it's hard to say whether that will continue twice the rate of production, but the orders are are high and. Um, and we've actually raised the model at Y price a little bit in response to that. So uh, we do not. We, we, we think demand will be good despite probably a contraction in the uh, automotive, automotive market as a whole. Um, so uh, basically, price really matters. Um, I think there's just a vast number of people that want to buy a. Tesla car, but can't afford it, and and so these price changes really make a difference um, for the average consumer. It's it's sometimes um, you know for those for people who are well you know have a lot of money they, they sort of forget about how important affordability is, um, and it has it's always been our goal at Tesla to make cars that are affordable to as many people as possible. So I'm glad that we're able to do so, um, and. Um, yeah, so I think it's a good thing, uh, all things considered. Um, we're, we're also um, making very good progress on cost control, um, and uh, we're seeing the the costs uh, of production in Berlin and Austin uh, drop commensurate with the growth in, in production, um, So as, as you'd expect. So, um, yeah. Uh, with respect to autopilot, as of now, uh, we deployed full self-driving beta uh, to uh, in, on four city streets um, to roughly 400,000 customers in North America. This is a huge milestone for autonomy, as FSD beta is the only way any consumer can actually test the latest, latest AI-powered autonomy. And we're currently at about 100 million miles of, of FSD outside of highways. And our published data shows that improvement in state in safety in safety statistics safety statistics is very clear. <laughs> um, so um, we would not have released the FSD beta if, if the safety statistics were not excellent. <laughs> um, with, uh, regarding batteries, production rate of forty six eighty cells reached a thousand cars a week at the end of last year. And we're increasing capacity for 4680 cells by another 100 gigawatt hours, as announced uh, at Giga Nevada yesterday. Um, our long-term goal is to get to uh, well in excess of 1,000 gigawatt hours of cells produced internally um, and continue to, to use um, uh, other cell, cell providers. So to be clear, um, we, we will con continue to use other cell providers, just that the demand for uh, lithium-ion batteries uh, is quasi infinite for, uh, for and will be for quite some time. So we feel we can uh, scale a lot faster um, using both suppliers and internally produced uh, cells. Um, <clears throat> and we've, we've got a, an amazing plan for.
for making the 4680 cell um, low cost and, and uh, high energy density. So um, energy storage also see saw record growth and we, that, that is continuing to accelerate. Um, that's always worth remembering that the, the three pillars of a sustainable energy future are um, obviously uh, uh, electric vehicles, um, uh, solar and wind, uh, and then the third key item is stationary storage to store the energy from solar and wind because obviously the sun doesn't shine all the time and the wind doesn't blow all the time. So if you have those three things, you can uh, you can convert all of Earth to a fully sustainable situation, uh, many times over, actually. So um, I would like to just, you know, make it clear that there is a path to a fully sustainable future for humanity, and we our goal at Tesla is to accelerate progress on that path as much as humanly possible. So, um, yeah, so we were obviously ramping up mega pack production, um, and uh, we, we expect to, it to grow at a rate um, quite a bit faster than our vehicle uh, output. Um, so, in conclusion, we are taking a view that we want to keep making and selling as many cars as we can. Uh, we believe we can keep pushing for strong volume growth while retaining the industry's best operating margins. As we mentioned many times before, we want to be the best manufacturer. Um, really, manufacturing technology will be our, our most important long-term strength. So, uh, and we'll talk more about our upcoming plans at the March 1st Investor Day. And, and lastly, I want to once again thank all of our employees for delivering another record-breaking year. Congratulations, guys. I am a Tesla fan. I am not a Tesla shareholder because I do this podcast and I talk about Tesla every single week, but I am, or even sometimes twice a week, but I am a fan of this company. I think it is fantastic. I am not an Elon hater. I, I don't agree with many of the things that Elon does, but I'm not an Elon hater. So this earnings call, I'm going to be a little critical and it's not because I'm being critical because I want the company to fail or because I want the company, I, I want to make the company look bad. I'm going to be critical because I love the company. So here's a couple of things that I had a problem with, with Elon's opening remarks. Demand. Elon addressed demand. He said he, they've had the strongest orders year to date in January, thus far in January. So... Strongest orders year to date in January. Well, what did the order book look like in November and December of 2022? Like, where was the demand then? Um, I think that's important to know. And then as far as affordability goes, I'm on board with what Elon was saying there. But are we just going to skip over the fact that these cars three weeks ago <laughs> cost significantly more than they do now? And that price continued rising for two years. Now, don't get me wrong. I am definitely glad that they were able to reduce prices. I think that's awesome. But you kind of got to acknowledge that your vehicles were priced very high three weeks ago. And they're still priced. I mean, they're, they're not cheap cars. I don't think they're priced too high, but these are not cheap cars. Up next, we have Zach Kirkhorn, who is Tesla's CFO. And we're going to hear his opening remarks 
I leave this in here for the folks who own Tesla stock, because I know there are many of you who listen to this show. Additionally, COGS per unit has increased on a year-over-year basis, driven primarily by three factors. First is raw materials and inflation, led by lithium prices, and discussed at length in previous calls. Second, we are working through the early ramp inefficiencies of our Austin and Berlin and in-house cell production factories. Third, our vehicle mix over the last year has moved more heavily towards Model Y, which carries a slight cost premium to Model 3. Partially offsetting these impacts, we've continued to execute on Tesla controllable cost reductions in line with the progress we've made in prior years. These improvements include our continued work to gradually move towards a regionally balanced build of vehicles. The energy business had its strongest year yet across all metrics, led by steady improvement in both retail and commercial storage. While much work remains to grow this business and improve cost, we believe we are on a good trajectory. As we look towards 2023, we're moving forward aggressively, leveraging our strength and cost. There are three key points I wanted to make here. First, on demand, as Elon mentioned, customer interest in our products remains high. Second, on cost reduction, we're holding steady on our plans to rapidly increase volume while improving overhead efficiency which is the most effective method to retain strength in our operating margins. In particular, we're accelerating improvements in our new factories in Austin, Berlin, and in-house cells, where inefficiencies are the highest. But we are attacking every other area of cost and unwinding cost increases created from multiple years of COVID-related instability. This includes logistics, expedites, accumulation of material buffers, part premiums, productivity, and overheads, as an example. As the world transitions from an inflationary to deflationary environment, we expect a strong partnership with our suppliers on this journey as well. In net, we've priced our products with a view towards a longer-term cost structure. Thus, there will be an impact on operating margin in the near term. However, we believe our margins will remain healthy and industry-leading over the course of the year. Third, we are continuing to ensure funding is prioritized for our long-term roadmap. This includes expanding in-house cell production, bringing Cybertruck to market, development of our next generation vehicle platform, expansion of our manufacturing footprint, and growth of the energy business. We're looking forward to discussing these plans in more detail on our Investor Day in a month. Once again, I have nothing to add to that. So next up, we have questions from investors. And the first question is kind of about how Elon's acted basically online And has that hurt Tesla's brand? And does Tesla have a plan in place just in case it does hurt Tesla's brand? So let's go ahead and listen. Since Elon started political influencing, polls from Morning Consult and YouGov show Tesla brand brand favorability declining in 2022 and uh, division among parties and lines. Such brand damage can impact demand. Does Tesla track favorability and how will any brand damage be mitigated? Well, let me me check my Twitter account. Um, Okay, so I've got 127 million followers. Um, it continues to grow very rapidly. Um, that suggests that I'm, you know, reasonably popular. Um, I might not be popular with some people, but for the vast majority of people, my follow account speaks for itself. Um, I, I'm the most interactive account, uh, social media account, I think, maybe in the world, um, certainly on Twitter. Uh, and that uh, actually predated the Twitter acquisition. So 
Um, I think Twitter is actually an incredibly powerful tool for driving demand for Tesla. And I would really encourage <coughs> companies out there of all kinds, uh, automotive or otherwise, to make um, more, more use of Twitter um, and to, to use their Twitter accounts in ways that are interesting and informative, uh, entertaining, and it will help them drive sales, just as it has with, with Tesla. Um, so um, the, the net value of Twitter, uh, apart from you know, a few people are you know, complaining, um, is gigantic, obviously. Well, it's not obvious to me, and I found this question to be horribly arrogant on to Elon's part. Like that, the, he, how many Twitter followers you have, it doesn't matter if you have 120 million Twitter followers. If you say something or do something that hurts Tesla's brand, this is a question, again, from an investor. So if you say something or do something that hurts Tesla's brand, which in turn hurts the stock price of, of Tesla, you are hurting investors. And I think it's reasonable for people to say, listen, we have this CEO. A lot of people think are great. A lot of people think he's great. But what are we going to do or how are we going to mitigate a situation if he pops off and says something that damages the brand, which damages the stock price. I think that's completely reasonable. Completely reasonable. I know that there are some Tesla investors out there who have much of their net worth wrapped up into Tesla. I think that's a bad idea, but I know that there are people out there who have, who have made that choice. And I would hate to see those people lose money because of something that Elon said. And on top of that, I felt like his answer was very arrogant and dismissive. This is a question that should be answered. Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, it's very unlikely that he's going to go out and say something that's going to damage Apple's brand. It's less unlikely that Elon is going to say something that will damage Tesla's brand. And having a 120 million plus followers doesn't save you from damaging the brand. It may, it actually gives you a megaphone so that you can do more damage than good. <sighs> I promised myself I wasn't going to get upset. Here we go. Next up, we're going to hear about the 4680 ramp and how that's going. Please provide a detailed explanation of where you are on the 4680 ramp. What are the current roadblocks, and when do you expect to scale to 10,000 vehicles a year, a week? Yeah, <clears throat> thanks, Martin. Uh, first, I just want to say congrats and thanks to the Tesla 4680 team for achieving uh, 1K a week in Q4. Uh, it was no small feat, uh, definitely a result of, you know, um, more than a couple of years of hard work. Um, as far as where we stand in Texas, one of four lines are in production with the remaining three in stages of commissioning and install. Um, really, our 2023 goal as a 4680 team is to deliver a cost-effective ramp of 4680s well ahead of Cybertruck. Uh, focus areas are dialing in and improving the quality of the high-volume supplied mechanical parts and driving factory process yields up as much as possible. Uh, between the two of those things, if we achieve uh, those those key goals, uh, we'll be well set up to uh, for a major 4680 year in 2024. I didn't realize that they had a line up and running at Giga Texas for 4680 battery cells. That's great news. 
I would have liked to have had a little bit more detail, but overall, I think it was a good answer. Let's go ahead and jump into hardware four. And is there an upgrade path from hardware three to hardware four? Elon said previously that FSD hardware four will most likely come first in Cybertruck. Is that still the current plan? Do you expect there to be an upgrade path for hardware three cars to hardware four? Um, yeah, Cybertruck will have uh, hardware four. <clears throat> and um, um, you know, for 2023, Cybertruck will not be you know, a, really, a significant contributor <clears throat> um, to the bottom line, but, but it will be in tw- next year. Um, so it's an incredible product. Uh, I can't <clears throat> I can't wait to drive it personally. It will be the car that I drive uh, every day. Actually, just I'm wearing the T-shirt with the smashed glass. Um, <laughs> um, and um, it's just it's just one of those products that only comes along once in a while, and it's really special. So, um, yeah. So, with respect to upgrading cars on, that have hardware three, I, I don't think that will be needed. Um, Hardware 3 will not be as, as good as Hardware 4, but I'm confident that Hardware 3 will still far exceed the average, the safety of the average human. So what we're aiming for is like, well, how do we get ultimately to, you know, let's say for argument's sake, if um, Hardware 3 can be, say, two or 300% safer than human, Hardware 4 might be, you know, five or 600%. Um, there will be a Hardware 5 beyond that. Um, but um, what, what really matters is, is, is are we improving the uh, average safety on the road? Um, so, uh, but, but, but it, it is, it is um, the cost and difficulty of retrofitting hardware 3 with hardware 4 um, is, 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 quite, is quite significant. So it, it would not be, I think, uh, economically feasible to do so. All right. No path from hardware 3 to hardware 4. No upgrade path from hardware three to number hardware four. And that makes sense to me. Um, I am happy to hear that hardware four is confirmed for Cybertruck. That's makes me feel good. Um, you never know. It's been a crazy couple of years and let's see here. That is something to think about though. If you're looking at purchasing a new Tesla with the new reduced prices, are you okay with getting hardware three or do you want hardware four when it comes out? I don't think I care. Um, I think hardware three still has a lot of room to grow. And I think hardware four, when it first comes out, isn't going to be that great. So um, I'm going to do hardware four for myself simply because um, I keep my cars for a long time. Like my current car, I think I've had for 11 or 12 years. So I would like that. We're on the cusp of hardware four. I'd like that hardware four for my vehicle. And then I'm wondering, where does he get these percentages? Like hardware three is two to 300% safer than your average person on the wor- road. And hardware four will be five to 600% safer than your average person on the road. Where, where do those numbers come from? I would like to see a source on that. All right. We have our final investor question, and that's about Cybertruck production. I accidentally cut off the question. So you're just going to hear the answer. The next question from investors is, is Cybertruck production still on track for mid-year? Um, it, it, we, we, do, we do expect production to start um, 
you know, I don't know, maybe sometime this summer. But it's, I always like try to downplay the start of production because the start of production is always very slow. Um, uh, but it, it increases exponentially, but it's always very slow at first. So I wouldn't put too much stock in start of production. It's kind of when, when does volume production actually happen, and that's that's next year. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's right, Elon. Like, just to emphasize on that, we've started installation all the production equipment here in Giga, Texas. Um, castings, GA, uh, General Assembly, body shops. We built all our beta vehicles. Some more coming still in the next month. But as you said, the ramp will really come 20, 2024. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, that's it for our investor questions. Let's go ahead and jump into our analyst questions. Um, I skipped over quite a few of these because they... We're really financial focused, and that's not what this podcast is. Elon made some vague references to Tesla's future product roadmap that he's not ready to talk about, but he made lots of references to it. Um, Those new products will use 4680 battery cells. He did say that. And uh, yeah, there's just lots of financial and business talk. The nerve of these people talking about financial, financial stuff on an earnings call. I guess I'll have to deal with it. Our first analyst question is going to be out FSD excitement and the update on the take rate. I was thinking about like FSD. And when you look at like the situation today compared to a year ago, it's uh, like, like the progress has been like amazing in the quality of the product, but also it's, uh, it's rollout. And so I was wondering how much is this like impacting the tech rate of FSD today? So do you already see that people are getting more excited 
by FSD because they see it around them on 400,000 cars and they see the, the value of the service already. Or is that too early to really see, like, uh, to, to, to expect, like, uh, an uptick in, uh, in the tech rate? Um, the, the, the trend is very strong towards uh, use of FSD. Um, and uh, as you allude to, the, with each incremental improvement, um, the enthusiasm obviously increases. Um, and uh, so, um, you know, I think something that still a lot of people out there don't quite appreciate is that Tesla, which I've always said like Tesla is as much a software company as a hardware company, but, but Tesla is really um, one of the world's leading AI companies. This is uh, kind of a big deal, not both AI on the software side and on the hardware side. You know, with, with the, the Hardware 3 uh, inference computer, still, still the most efficient inference computer in the, in the world, despite, you know, being at this point uh, five years old from the design point. Um, and with Hardware 4 coming and then Hardware 5 beyond that, with where there are significant leaps. Um, and uh, the Dojo a computer, we expect to um, be using that operationally at, at Tesla later this year. Um, so, uh, and, and we're, we're seeing just a, a lot of world-class AI talent join the company. Um, there's also the, the long-term potential of Optimus, where we're, we're able to um, use our expertise in uh, uh, electric motors and uh, uh, power electronics, batteries, um, and, and advanced manufacturing to be able to make a, a humanoid robot that is actually useful and can be made at high volume with uh, with exceptional capabilities because of the uh, autopilot AI that you know where, where we take the because the, the car is like a robot on four wheels and the Optimus is a robot on legs, but the uh, as we get closer and closer to solving real-world AI, and we don't see anyone even close to us in, in, in achieving this. Um, you know, the, 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 the value, uh, it's, I, Pierre, I think you I think you appreciate this, and, and a few others do, but um, most uh, don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, um, but it, it's, this, this is the, the thing that, you know, has order of magnitude potential um, market cap uh, improvement for, te for Tesla. All right. First up, I just want to state that I think FSD is awesome. Every time I've used it, I've always been amazed. I think it's a great service. It has problems. And the problem I have with FSD is how Elon portrays it versus what it is really in reality. It's amazing in reality. But it's not what Elon says it is or says it's going to be in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks down the road, or even a year down the road. Just market, or not even market, just talk about the features that you have and don't worry about the features that you're planning on putting in two years down the road or the features that you're planning on putting in. And then they don't end up working two years down the road because all of the people, uh, not all, a lot of people who hear that kind of thing take that at Elon's word that it's going to be in there and then they buy the car and then it doesn't show up and they pay the $15,000 and it may or may not show up in hardware three. It may or may not show up in hardware four, whatever feature they're promising. 
So, um, yeah, I, I want to get that out there. And he's also overstating a little bit how far ahead of other companies that they are. We talked a few weeks ago, Mercedes just got approved for level three driving in Germany and Nevada has approved them. And the last I had heard that Mercedes was waiting on certification from Nevada and then they could have level three driving in Nevada, which is great. Um, basically what this means is if you're on a busy road, like a freeway and you're traveling and you don't want to pay attention anymore, you, you don't have to, you have to be there to take control if the car has a problem, but you don't have to necessarily pay attention. I don't know if I trust this, but that's what level three is supposed to be at. Um, and right now Tesla's still rocking level two. So we'll see what happens. Um, another thing that kind of bothered me was Elon. He rambled a lot during this and trust me, I ramble tons, so I'm not judging. But one of the things that he had said was no one knows about this stuff and no one knows about this stuff. That's because Elon fired the PR department and the marketing department and the comms team. Like they, they nobody knows about this stuff because you're the only one saying it. And not everybody listens to you. I follow Elon on Twitter. I'm one of those 120 million people. I don't catch much of what he says. And I'm on Twitter for probably 25 minutes uh, on average, probably every day. Like I'll have to look at my Apple stats, but it's not very much. But it's not nothing either. And I don't catch most of what he says. I have to wait for somebody to retweet it, highlight it, or uh, write an article about it. So I think if you know, Tesla had these teams, even if they were small teams, that would be better than what they have now. All right. I mean, they're selling plenty of cars. They're just not getting their message out there. I think the way that Elon wants the message out there. Elon mentioned earlier in the uh, earnings call, I think it was during his opening remarks that there were 400,000 cars using FSD beta and the uh, person answering, asking the question, repeated that back to him at the end of 2022, we know that there were only 285,000 uh, cars running FSD beta, or that was the take rate of people who had actually purchased that 285,000. So I'm guessing that 400,000 car uh, number includes subscriptions in addition to paying the $15,000 for the service. I just don't know at the end of 2022 how it goes from 285,000 to 400,000 unless that 285,000 did not include subscriptions. Just in case you're wondering, that's a 19% take rate um, for FSD, which I think they're overcharging for. Our next question is about recent price cuts and who is your closest competitor? So you recently adjusted prices and that may have put many of your competitors in the back foot. In addition to that, you know, capital markets have recently gotten a lot tougher. So with those factors in mind, I'm curious how you see the current competitive landscape changing over the next few years and who you see as your chief competitors you know, five years from now. Well, five years. Five years is <laughs> a long time. Um, um, You know, I was, I was with the um, Tesla Autopart AI team uh, late, until late, late last night, um, and just we're, we're just asking. I was just like, "So, 
who do we think is close to Tesla with for a general solution for self driving and and we still don't don't even know really who would even be the, a distant second. So yeah, we, we, it it really seems like we're. Um, I mean, you, I, I, right now I don't think you could see second place with a telescope. So, or at least we can't. Um, so, um, that, that won't last forever. So, in, in, in five years, I don't know that probably somebody has figured it out. <laughs> um, I don't think it's any of the car companies that we're aware of. Um, but I, I, I'm just guessing that someone might figure it out eventually. Um, so, yeah. I mean, beyond that, Elon, like in the in the vehicle space, even though the market's shrinking, we're growing, and EVs have doubled almost year over year. So, like, it, it whoever keeps up with the 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 trend of EVs is is going to be your competitor. And you know, the Chinese are scary. We always say that. Um, but but like, you know, I, a lot of people always look at the or, you know EV market share, but we always look at it as how much of the total vehicle space do we have, and we're just going to keep growing in that space. It's not, there's 95 percent for us to go get. Yeah, and I, I, I don't want to say like uh, you know um, I think um, we have a lot of respect for the car companies in China. They are the most competitive in the world. That is our experience, and the Chinese market is the most competitive. Um, they work the hardest and they work the smartest. That's so a lot of respect for the China car companies that we're competing against. Um, and um, so if I, if I were to guess, it would probably some company out of China is the most likely, um, you know, to, to, to be second, you know, to Tesla. Um, and, but we, we are, uh, uh, the Tesla China, China team is winning in China. <laughs> so we, you know, um, and I think we actually are able to attract the, the best talent in China. Uh, so um, hopefully that continues. So, yeah, um, super fired up about the future. And yeah, it's going to be great. All right. Five years is a long time from now. A lot can happen in five years. But I think Elon's comments here are arrogant. He says they can't see their closest competitor with a telescope. Well, the. I just told you about Mercedes. Mobileye is doing a lot of stuff. They have Mobileye is working with Neo and Zeker. Based on the limited demo that Mobileye gave me, if what they were talking about comes through fruition, which I have no reason to believe that it won't someday, I don't know when, uh, Mobileye is going to have some compelling offerings. And whoever they end up partnering with as far as automakers, those automakers are going to have that technology. And Mobileye's been doing this longer than Tesla has. And a lot of things that Elon said during this answer honestly reminded me of things that legacy automakers were saying in 2015, 2016, and they were like discounting or downplaying Tesla's impact on the auto market. I don't think this is smart for Elon to do. Um, maybe internally they don't have these feelings and they are worried about another car company. I think legacy automakers should be worried about the Chinese automakers. They're building really good and compelling products. Man, I told you I was going to be critical. I don't like being uh, critical uh, as it, it's uncomfortable for me. My kids might say something different, but in reality, I don't like it. So 
Next up, we have our final analyst question, and it's about Dojo and Optimus progress. Be warned, it's a long one. Uh, great. Thanks for taking my question. Elon, you started to answer this earlier, but I, I like to ask this question about the AI elements of your business and um, ask if you could comment on progress around uh, Dojo and um, Optimus and your anticipation for the likelihood, for example, for uh, for the company to disconnect the GPU cluster in favor of Dojo and to have some market achievement in Optimus. Yeah, I mean, obviously, with since we're still at the early stages, there are big error bars in any any predictions. Um, there's, you know, it's it's like easy. I think easy to predict the long term, but uh, hard to predict the time in between now and then. Um, uh, but it's what we think. Uh, Dojo will be competitive with um, the NVIDIA H1 at the end of this year, and then hopefully uh, surpass it next year. Um, and um, the, the key there is, is like, I think, I think the, is, is what's, what's the energy usage required for a given amount of, for, for if you're training um, you know, a frame of video, um, how, uh, how, you know, what's the, what's the energy cost required to do that training? Um, and we, we think probably, we, we, and we said this already actually at AI Day 2, so it's not new information, but we do see um, potential for an order of magnitude improvement uh, relative to GPU, um, what, what GPUs can do for Dojo, which is obviously very specialized for uh, AI training. It's, it's hyper-specialized for AI training. So it's not, it's not, wouldn't be great for other things, but we, it should be extremely good for AI training. So just like if you do an ASIC for something, it's going to be better than a CPU. Um, it, this is sort of, uh, in some ways, like a, like a giant ASIC. Um, and um, and we're able to, um, it, since we're operating one of the biggest GPU clusters in the world already, um, the you know we've got a good sense of how efficient uh, the GPU clusters operate and what Dojo needs to do in order to be competitive. Um, but we think that it does have a fundamental architectural advantage because because it's designed not not to be a, you know the GPU is trying to do many many things for many people. Um, they're trying to do uh, graphics, uh, video games. Uh, it's you know. Um, Doing crypto mining, uh, it's, uh, it's doing a lot of things. Um, we're just doing one thing, and that is uh, training. Um, and we're also optimizing the low-level software to so it, it, at a very sort of bare metal level. Um, so it's just insanely good at uh, efficient training. Um, and the intercommunication between the uh, Dojo mod modules is extremely high. Um, so you're not going across an Ethernet cable. It's like, so anyway, the, the, the you know, this we see a path to an order of magnitude improvement uh, in the energy efficiency for per um, given unit of training. Um, but we also have to achieve that, and, and so that when will it be achieved? It's hard to say. 
but uh, we, we do see a path to, to get there. And, and then also an inference, like once you've got the, something trained, um, well, if you want to have a product, um, that's, that's a, a consequence of that training. And that product may not be anything to do with cars. Uh, then uh, the efficiency of inference is extremely important. And so we also have by far the most efficient inference computer in at the with the um, FSD computer in the car. You know, this has potential for products that like so aren't, aren't even really in, in automotive. I have nothing to add to that. And that is it for us today. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to the show, especially if you got to this part, which is the end. That means even more to me. I love that people start it. I, I, I hope everybody finishes it. I, um, I know there are stats out there that you can look at, but it's not really something I pay attention to. So if you did listen, thanks so much. Speaking of listening, I have another podcast where I talk about music with my buddy Chris. That's called Shuffle Playlist. I'm not going to go into a big pitch here, but there's a link in the show notes if you're interested in checking that out. I'm I'm pretty proud of it, so uh, that's why I keep bringing it up. If I wasn't proud of it, I just wouldn't promote it. Um, if you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can also find me on Twitter at 918digital. And that is it for us this week. I will talk to you next Tuesday. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax with their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs. You can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. In manufacturing, you need to automate intelligently to compete effectively. But not all automation solutions are created equally. AGVs and AMRs driven by Bluebotics Ant technology offer robust, accurate performance and native interoperability. Because your material handling can be smarter. Visit antdriven.com. That's antdriven.com to learn more.